Talk Radio for inquisitive people. Solace Radio, Bonavista, Colorado. We've been studying uh, Mysterion Babylon. That's that's how you phonetically say the Greek word Mysterion, which got translated as Mystery Babylon. We've been taking a real hard, in-depth look at Revelation chapter 17 so far. We're going to finish up chapter 17 today and then start looking at 18. We're going to start bringing other verses from other chapters in the Bible into play and figure out exactly who Mystery Babylon is. Revelation chapter 17 is a little bit technical, a little bit complicated in a sense because it <clears throat> talks about not only Mysterion Babylon, but it also talks about a final end times world power that, that, has, that is the dominant power. But that's a very important question that we need to address and face. Why, when the chapter primarily is trying to help us to understand Mysterion Babylon or Mystery Babylon, does it bring in this beast, this scarlet-colored beast that has seven heads and ten horns? It seems a bit confusing because in the cryptic language, in the parable-like language that we're given, it's hard sometimes to differentiate exactly what's being addressed. But if we study it carefully, look at all the clues carefully, it becomes abundantly clear what's being said. So that's what we've tried to do verse by verse, thought by thought, phrase by phrase. Take a look at what's actually said first, what is actually said, before we go running off and make any wild conclusions so as we won't get <clears throat> into trouble and wind up with the wrong conclusion because men and women, it's very important that we know who Babylon is and what the judgment that comes is. Okay, so we've got we've got a sheet here that has our primary verses and we look up words, you know, each word as we go that's important. And then we have a summary sheet that we flip over to and we kind of summarize what's being said. Now last week we got through down through verses ten and eleven of Revelation chapter seventeen. And our our summation of it was the now dormant with the resignation of Francis II was and is not old Holy Roman Empire. Remember we were given that riddle last week. That part of the riddle says that this beast was and is not. We've seen the beast in the book of Daniel in chapter 7 and chapter 8. We also see it in Daniel chapter 2 that it is the final dominant power. It's, it's given to us in, in riddle form, if you please, in parable form, in cryptic form, if you please as a great stature with a head of gold, chest and arms of silver, stomach and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron and clay. Feet of iron and clay, not feet of gold and clay, not feet of silver and clay, not feet of brass and clay, but feet of iron and clay. That's the definite giveaway that it's some, it's a reestablishment of the Roman Empire. Okay. The Roman Empire, we're going to see just in a minute, divided into an Eastern Empire and a Western Empire. What makes us so all-fired sure that it's the Western part? How, can, how come it can't be the Eastern part? There's a gentleman who has a lot of work on the Internet right now, and he says that the Eastern Roman Empire is the only thing that will fit because the Western Empire is gone. It's no more. What's part of the riddle? It was and is not, and it's going to come back. That's part of the riddle. That's part of the proof that it is the Western Empire, okay? We'll get into that just a little bit. But with with the resignation, and he did resign of Francis II in 1806, he resigned as the Holy Roman Emperor. Emperor. The Western European Holy Roman Empire, it, it, it was not anymore. So 
That's what happened then, okay? Now, I would like to just include very quickly, first off, it's the only entity that fits the riddle, the parable given us in, in verses 9 and 10, where it says that this beast was and is not, and it's going to come back. But Voltaire made some comments about this holy Roman Empire, or these Western European nations that were in a union as a holy Roman Empire, each with its own king and queen. Mr. Voltaire, and he, he, if you know anything about him, he was not a, he was not a believer at all. He, uh, wrote some, he, he's really considered to be kind of the father of, uh, modern, uh, human reasoning, modern humanism, uh, modern, a lot of people say he was an atheist, a lot of people say lots of things about him. But Mr. Voltaire, a Frenchman, said that this Western European Union was neither holy, nor was it an empire. Wow. Well, when we see it come back as this scarlet beast, it ain't holy, is it? Because it's full of names of blasphemy. It's full of all kinds of things. And it's going to come back just about like it went away, very unholy. He said it was neither an empire because it was a family matter. It was, it was families in Western Europe vying for, uh, to be recognized, to be seen. And it's probably going to be the same thing when it comes back. Okay, so that gets us down to verse 12. That's just a real, real brief little review of what we did last week. So let's go over to verse 12, read it in the King James, and see what we can see in it. We'll read it in any translation you'd like. If you look up the words in the original, you'll come up with the same meaning. Alrighty, let me slide this chair back. Revelation chapter 17, verse 12 in the King James says, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet. Well, yeah, that's what the riddle said. It said that this this thing was and is not, and it's going to come back. Alrighty? So, yeah, that, that just makes perfect sense. Have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. In other words, when this thing first comes back and this beast first pops back into life, for one hour it's going to have ten kings. The word hora, from our Strong's meaning, says apparently a primary word, an hour, literally or figuratively, a day, an hour, an instant, a season, or short. We, we're, we're, we're beginning to see that when this thing comes back, at, you know, when this beast first you know, comes back into existence, this, this ten king entity, it's for a very short time. Okay, keep that in mind. When the scarlet beast with ten horns first arises as a ten king entity, it will be for such, it will be such for a very short season. Why? Why is it going to be such a short season? Well, let's look at why. It will become a seven king entity dominated by the Antichrist for 42 months very quickly. A short season, one hour, horror, after it is formed as a ten king entity. Why do we say that? Let's see what Daniel has to say. Remember, Daniel and Revelation are hand in hand, they're hand in glove. One has clues, the other has clues. As we put them together, we begin to get a scenario in our, in our minds. We begin to see as we pray and, and, and labor over these things what, <clears throat> what the Lord has for us. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7, After this I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful, and we've read this already three or four times. Dreadful and terrifying and extremely strong, and it had a large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet, 
and it was different from all the uh the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns. There's our there's our our tie together, there's our point that we're looking for that helps us to understand this is the same thing that is being talked about in Revelation. We're just getting different clues from different places. We get certain clues from Daniel, other clues from the book of Revelation. While I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little one, a little one came up among them, and three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth uttering great boasts. So we see that three of these horns fall. Let's look at some other verses. Daniel chapter 7, verses 19 and 20. Then I will know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, and his nails of brass, which devoured broken pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. Verse 20, And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellow. So, let's read two more verses. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints, and prevailed against them, until the ancient of days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints should possess the kingdom. So what, what have we learned so far? What, what do we see here? Let's go over to our summary sheet, and we'll just summarize it very quickly. In verse 12, this verse seems to tell us that the ten king entity will last only a short time, thus one hour. What did it say? It says that they would they would rise as as, as ten kings, three would fall, and it says they would be this ten king entity for one hour. That's very important. It's a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a short time. It's a timing factor there. We need to pay attention to that because when we get on down in later in the chapter, we're going to see that while these while it's still this ten king entity, Babylon falls. Okay? before it becomes a seven-king entity, and the Antichrist has his 42 months of reign while it's still his ten-king entity, Babylon falls, okay? Keep that in mind. We're going to see that very clearly just in a minute. And then we're going to start working on identifying who is Babylon, what's this all about, what, what, what's this, why does this, this beast, we're, we're going to spend a lot of time on this beast, and we're trying to find out about Babylon. Why not just forget the beast and concentrate on Babylon? Well, because it's very important, the connection. Remember who Babylon is doing her acts of immorality with. The working stiffs of the earth, the people like you and I know, the kings. The kings. It's a king's game that's going on. The immorality, as it's referred to, uh, the, pros- the act of, of the prostitute, the kings are no different than her. They're fornicating with her. Okay, keep that in mind. Don't lose sight of that, please. It's very important to remember. So, this verse seems to tell us that this ten king entity it isn't going to last very long. One hour. So let's go back and reread that verse very quickly. And then we'll go on to the next verse. We've got quite a bit to cover tonight. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet. That's because it was and is not. It's going to come back into being. But receive power as kings one hour with the beast, the scarlet-colored beast. Why? Because three of them are going to fall, and it's going to become a seven-king entity. Alrighty, let's keep going. Any comments at this point? Any rebuttals? Okie dokie. Let's, let's keep going here.
For those of you on Powell Talk, we had no tomatoes thrown or heads of cabbage slung yet. Alrighty. Now, here we go. Revelation chapter 17, verse 13. Start listening very carefully here because we're going to make a great discovery here. These, the ten horns, have one mind. I've got that in blue here. We're going to look at that word, what it means. And give their power. I've got that in, in red. We're going to look at what it means. And strength unto the beast. So, cryptically, what is that telling us? That there, There's a message here in this parable. There's a cryptic message for us here. What is it? Let's see if we can crack it. It's not that hard. These have one mind. It's the Greek word gnome. It says cognition, that is subjectively opinion or objectively resolve, uh-oh, counsel, consent, advice, agree, judgment, mind, purpose, or will. So these ten kings, governors, prime ministers, whatever you want to call them, rulers, powerful men, whatever, they've got one thing on their mind. We've got to get this beast in place. They want it back. They want it moving. They want this thing up and going, if you please. Okay? That's their that's their desire. So what is it they're going <clears throat> how are they doing it? So they're they're doing it. They're giving their strength and their power to it. That word power is the word dynamis means ability, abundance, meaning, might, power, strength, and work. In other words, they're working Fervently. They're working hard to bring this about. They're trying to get this thing to happen. They're trying to bring about this beast, if you please, that represents this final power. And it says they're also putting their strength to it. Look at some of these words. It's the word exosia. And some of the words, <clears throat> this is right out of strong, your strong concordance, if you'd like to go look it up. I didn't put the whole meaning up here. It would have taken up several pages and we'd start, we'd lose, we'd get bog down the detail and lose out of what's been what we're trying to say. So it says privilege, that is subjectively force, capacity, competency, freedom or objectively mastery. Uh oh. Concretely, magistrate, superhuman, potentate, token of control, delegated influence, authority, uh oh, jurisdiction, liberty, power, right or strength. In other words, these men want this thing in place. They want it up and going with all of its jurisdiction, with all of its strength, with all of its influence, with all the, all the rights involved, all the power involved. They want it up, and they want it going. Why? Why? Why would they want this thing in place? We're told. We're told back a few chapters earlier. We just, you know, when we read when we read Bible prophecy. We think, well, this happens, and then, you know, we, we think in a chronological event by event order. It's not like that. We have to go back and write down all the signs, all the clues, and then sit back and just, just pray about it and think about it, and, and then, oh, I see what's happening. Well, why? Why is there such a desire in these men to be that? What, what is it that they want? All right? Let's take a look at the work of the false prophet. What does the false prophet do? Let's read it. Now, when does the false prophet come on the scene? He's going to be the, the religious guy, okay? He's going to have all this religious power, this religious influence, and he's going to convince a lot of people of a lot of crazy things. 
But their final objective is, and he causeth all, and we've heard about this since every one of us, since we're this tall, the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast, and we've had all these wild ideas. Since you know, we're down to technology that this is this is entirely possible right now, and let's see what it means. What 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 would it mean to somebody that had this power? And he causeth all, but this is the false prophet, by the way, that causes this to happen. This is his work now. He does this, but he does it and gives it all to the to the uh, to the Antichrist, who is over this this uh, final uh, alliance of seven, starts out as ten kings, winds up being seven. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or on their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, in our 2008 minds, what do we immediately think of? Well, an RFID chip. That's what we think of. Is yeah, this yeah, everybody's got their. It's theirs. It's unmistakably theirs. In other words, technologically speaking, it's not possible to make mine, mine up if I had one with Delmers if he had one, or, or Joe's up if he had one with Dale's, or anybody's, or couldn't mix Jolene's up with Judy's if we had one. We don't, we don't want one. Mind you, we don't want one of these dudes. But what would that do? What would that do if, if someone had the ability to look at every bit of money that you had and every little thing that you did with it, what would they know about you? They would know your financial posture, wouldn't they? And postures, we're going to, this word's going to, in chapter 18, this word gets real important because we're going to look at a lot more than just financial posture. If I know what Delmer spends on groceries and, and, and what he spends on, you know, rent and everything, I know all about him. I, I can tell you anything. If, if I know what his, his, is he wealthy? Is he just a working stiff like me? Well, th- that's good. Well, let's say that Delmer has a business. Let's say he has some used cars and he's got this, this RFID chip and, and someone comes up to him, Mr. Bray, sir, we, uh, have a record here of all your transactions and we know you sell used cars, but we don't see where you've paid for this car and this car. Well, I can take him in for questioning. I can take him in. He never shows up again. I can take him and throw him in prison, even if my records are true or not. Get the picture. We begin to see a, a different, you know, when I control everything, the records and the money, I can control you. What is that? That's the iron fist of what? Ever heard of socialism, Marxism? How about Marxism? That sounds like Marxism. Leninism, socialism. Well, could this thing be, could this final system be like that? Yes, it is. And that's what it's about. It's about controlling you financially. If I control you financially, I control you completely. What are we worried about today? Have I got enough money for insurance? Have I got enough money for cars? Have I got enough money to buy gas? You know, that's what consumes us. That's what the whole world's concerned about is with money right now. And we have to have money. It took money for you to get here. It took money for me for to get for me to get here. It took money for us to enjoy the food that we're eating right now. God forbid, money could have shut that food off that we're eating tonight. If we didn't have the money, we wouldn't have it here to enjoy and have Sabbath together. So money. Is big, and that's what this is about. That's why these people want this thing in place, so they can do this right here. And ah, they got you. Do you see that? How money control? I mean, we're we're in a we're in a society where money 
I mean, you, you can't even call the governor and complain about your government if you want to make a phone call to him without money. If you can't pay for the call, you can't make it. Uh, you can't go to the, you know, we can't even go to the store and buy our dogs some feed if we don't have money. But if I can, if I know everything that you're doing financially, I know all, I don't need to know anything else about you if I know your financial posture. Does it begin to make sense? Why, why these men, these rulers, these leaders, why that they have one mind and why they give their power and their strength to establish this beast-like government. It's about that iron fist control. You spent you spent a thousand dollars on. What did you do that for, Mister So and So? We're going to take you down for some questioning. We don't know why you spent a thousand dollars. We don't know why any reasonable person would spend a thousand dollars on this or that. You need to come down. We're going to ask you some questions. Control. That's what it's about. Through money. That's what it's about. So that's why these these people want this. That's why they give their mind, their power, and their strength to establish this beast or to get this kind of government in place. Wow. Harold, you sound like this is New World Order stuff. You don't believe in a conspiracy, do you? All right, let's keep going. Does, does, are we twisting the verse? Are we putting something in it that, it, that doesn't belong there? It says very plainly here that they're giving their might, their strength, and everything they've got to get this thing in play. Why? To get control through money. He who has, what's the golden rule? He who has the gold makes the rules. Is that, that's pretty much true in our world today, is it? Okay. Alrighty. So, your financial posture is very important to a lot of people. And that's what a lot of things are about today in our society here in America. Have you heard about the Real ID Act? It goes into effect May the 7th, is it? And there are some states that are rebelling. I think the governor of Montana told the federal government go to you know where. And South Carolina's told them pretty much the same thing. I think New Hampshire and some others. I think there's 17 states that says we don't want to do it. And three of them have got real adamant. Said, take a hike. So what is this? It's precursor stuff leading up to this mark. This, this you know this being put in play. And if you don't have the the right kind of idea. You can't have your driver's license. You can't have this. You can't have that. So it's precursor to this financial money, monetary control. So posture, men and women, is real important. Let me, let me just quickly run this by because we're going to talk about posture, military posture, and lots of different postures that direct or in, in later studies. If I approach a rattlesnake right there and he's crawling away and there's a, a creek over there, I could say by his posture, he's going to take a swim in the creek. But if he's right there and he's coiled up and he's looking at me and he's rattling, I can say by his posture, I'm in great danger. So, posture, just, just, just be mulling that, that word over your mind if you would posture. Okay, so let's, let's go to the next. So if we were going to summarize, let's go over to our summary sheet. And we could say this, we could just summarize that whole verse. Verse 13, these ten kings, leaders, prime ministers, presidents, whatever you want to call them, their sole purpose is to establish his final beast-like power because of the money potential involved. It's the money potential. That's big, ain't it? It's the money. That's, that's what it's all about. 
Okay. All right, so let's go back to our verses. All righty. Now, they, they, I'm, I'm appalled at the times that the Lord gives us this. He repeats and he repeats and repeats just so as we'll get it right, just so as we'll understand what's going on, okay? These, these ten, or the seven that the ten turns into, shall make war with the Lamb, the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Well, now here we are studying about Babylon. We're trying to figure out who Mystery Babylon is, and we're, we're reading all this stuff about these ten kings that become seven. What's the connection? Why? Why would the Lord, you know, give us these two chapters in the book of Revelation about Babylon, and all of a sudden we're reading about this ten king entity that becomes seven, and why, why don't we just, why don't you just tell us who Babylon is? Because we need to understand how big this thing is. We, we, many times we, we just read right over, we don't get the, the gist of it. Let's go. To Daniel chapter 2 verse 34. Thou sawest till a stone was cut out of, without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and broke them to pieces. Well, that's just telling us that's that in, that last end days entity that gets destroyed by the Messiah. Same thing happens up here. And they shall make war with the Lamb, the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Hallelujah. I'm glad he is. Daniel chapter, this, this is so repetitive. As I begin, as I started studying this a while back, I thought, Lord, this is, this is so important. You've told us, you tell us this about six different times, the same thing, over and over. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. It's that last, it's that last end times entity that rules over this. It's that last dominant power. Chapter 8, verses 24 and 25, same thing again. He must want us, he must want us to get this right. Make no mistake. That's what he wants. He wants us to understand because there's going to be a great need for people to understand. A great need. Verse 24 of Daniel chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully. And shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Well, it sounds like somebody didn't get raptured out, don't it? And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. Remember, we're told in, in Daniel chapter 2, we're given it cryptically or as in the form of a parable, a stone is hewn out of the mountains without hands and strikes him in his feet. It's a picture of that last time, end times entity. Okay? So, here again, we are reiterated upon to get a grip on this end time, end time entity that it is not from the toes of golden clay or toes of silver clay or toes of brass clay. That's what the image in Daniel chapter 2 was, but toes of iron clay. The only entity that would fit all the parts of the riddle given to us is a restored Holy Roman Empire, which is part of the, which is the part of the world we know as Western Europe. The Eastern Roman Empire still in many ways exists today 
and won't fit the part of the riddle was and is not and yet is. It won't fit. So it, it, it becomes bearing, it becomes burdensome to us to understand who's being addressed here. Okay, that, that's real important. Let's go to our summary sheet. And how could we summarize that just real quick like? As we, like Daniel of old, pray for discernment about these end time events. Let us not be confused and look for the man of sin in Islam or Judaism or Hinduism or any religion for that matter, but look in the Western Europe, look in Western Europe. Remember his false prophet will overcome all religious objections. So we, we tend to get the, the work of the Antichrist and the, and the false prophet mixed up sometimes. But he's going to use men and women. Listen to me carefully. He's going to use religion. The man of sin is going to he's going to appear to be a religious man. <clears throat> In chapter 13, we're told that the whole world looks at this image of him and worships him. Now, can you tell me? Can you just tell me how in the world you would convince somebody who is a Muslim to bow down and worship an image? But they're going to. Any of you ever ever dealt with any Buddhists? When I was in the Navy, I'll never forget. I was in Singapore, and I went to the I went to Tiger Balm Gardens, and it was a, a Buddhist thing. I, I was just curious, you know, the young man out in a city I've never been in before, kind of curious, you know, what's this place? All, this, all this? I was just looking like this and walked through the door, you know, just, what's all this stuff is here? You know, he'll believe that I am. And uh, all these little statutes and things, and, and man, this little guy, he came up to me and greeted me, and he, he took me through the place, you know. And it was little, it was little, uh, representations of what would happen to you if you did certain sins, you know. And, uh, I'll never forget it. This one that really caught my eye, this, this guy, it was a little man about this tall, you know, he was cast and I guess, I don't know what they made the, the, the figurines out of. But, uh, he noticed me looking at it and he said, he said, oh, that's what happened to you when you cheat on your wife, you'll drown in a sea of blood and pus. And this little man was drowning in this sea of blood and pus. And yeah, all kinds of things. But they're very strict about their religion. And some of those folk over there are very, very strict. And you're not going to convince them to worship some man very easily, especially Muslims. But the whole world, including the Muslim world, including the Hindu world, including the Shinto world, the Buddhist world, and God forbid a lot of the Christian world, are going to worship this man. Why? Because he's going to use religion. The false prophet will use religion to do it. And it's all to give this man, the man of sin, what? Power over what? Wealth and power. To control people financially. That's what it will all be about. So, remember, let's not look in any kind of religion, in Islam or Judaism or Hinduism. Let's keep our eyes on Western Europe. Remember his false prophet will overcome religious objections. So, We've gotten down, I've already asked you this question a couple of times. What's the significance of all these clues being given about the end time final power along with the clues about Mystery Babylon? What's the tie here? There must be a tie. We're, we're, we're learning about all these different aspects and facets of this end time government, but we're trying to find out about Babylon. We want to know who Babylon is, but we're getting all these clues about this last government. Let's go back to our verses and we'll find out very quickly. Now we're getting back to Babylon. 
The Lord gives us more hints. Do you see how these hints about the, this, this end time power and the great whore, they're just, they're just one verse is about the end time power, the next is about the whore. And you got verses about the whore, and there's some verses thrown here about the, the end time power. Verse 15 is back to, to the, to Babylon, to Mysterion Babylon, to the, to the great prostitute. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. That's what King James says. The HCSB says, He also said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute was seated are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. Let's read it in the OJB and see if we can figure out what's being said. And he said to me, The Mayim, which you saw where the Zonah, or the prostitute, that's Hebrew for, for prostitute, Zonah sits, are Amim, people, and multitudes, and Goyim, nations, and Leshonot, or languages. Here again we are reiterated upon to understand that the scheme of harlotry played by the prostitute is worldwide. In fact, it's so worldwide. It's so worldwide, the scheme that the, that the prostitute is playing, that at the last verse in chapter 18 tells us that in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who were being slain on the earth. That's pretty big, isn't it? Worldwide. So, the game that she's playing is worldwide. Alrighty, but how can we just quickly summarize it? If we're going to summarize it. Babylon plays a game that affects everyone worldwide. That's what it's saying. Babylon is involved in, in, in a game, in, a, in a, a scheme that's worldwide. Okay, let's go back to our verses. Here we go. Now, start paying real close attention. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. How long is it a, is it a ten king entity? One hour. A very short time. I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. A year? Six months? I don't know. A month? Two weeks? I don't know. Five years? I doubt. But you know, a short time. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked. And shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Wow. Did you ever dislike anybody? Did you ever dislike anybody to the point that you would make her desolate and naked and burn her with fire? This is not your everyday run of the mill hate, is it? Why would somebody hate somebody that bad? This is serious hate. You know, ladies, when you get mad at your husband, do you hate him that bad? Men, when you, you know, get a little miffed at your wife, do you hate her that bad? No. Heavens, no. This is, this is serious stuff. We're talking, we're talking major hate. What, what would make these kings, these ten horns, these rulers, presidents, prime ministers, whatever they are, powerful men, let's, if you want to say it that way, what would make them hate this woman? Could she be? Could it be that she's horning in on their money, power, and control scheme? Is she a threat to their final goal of complete iron fist control of planet Earth by knowing every every individual's financial pocket? Is she is she buying? For the, is she playing the same game? They're all committing fornication together. They're all prostitute like, and it is the kings of the earth. 
that's committing fornication with her. Could that be why they hate her so bad? While while it's still this ten king entity for one hour early on, really before the tribulation actually starts, because it really if if we interpret things correctly, or or you know just looking at it, that forty two months that's given to him is after he you know after he uh, becomes the the leader or the, the 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 big honcho of the seven kings after three of them fall. So. While it's still a ten king entity, this hate sets in. Or probably, I believe it's already happened. We'll get into the evidence. We're going to look at a lot of material evidence as to why. Why is this happening? It is about money and power. That's what, it, that's what rules the world today. That's what controls things today. It's people with money and power. That, that's what makes, you know, things tick the way they do. And, and I think I have, I, I believe I have lots of material evidence to support the fact that this this has already happened. She already hates the whore. So, it would appear as though she's a threat to their final goal of complete iron fist control of planet Earth by knowing everyone, every individual's financial posture, everything about you financially. So, how could we summarize that? How would we, how would we do that? This is some kind of hate. This is I. I hope I've never hated anybody that bad. Yeah, you know, I hope I don't. I hope I've never. I hope for sure. I hope I don't hate anybody now. I sure don't want to. It's not willful or intentional. And and if I do, I sure want to get down on my knees and repent real quick. But this is some kind of hate. It definitely has all the implications of thermonuclear weaponry, don't it? Yeah, making you desolate. That that it does that to you, don't it? Making you naked, burning you with fire. That sounds bad. That sounds real bad. It sure does sound thermonuclear. When we get through with all the other verses that relate to it, you're probably going to sit back and say, wow, it is thermonuclear. Let's go back to our verses. That's the only thing that would make these men that are so... Remember what it says that they give their mind, their power, and their strength to reestablishing this beast? Like government, this this thing. That's the only thing I can think of that would make them that angry, or that would make them that hacked off, is if you you know, started muddying up their pond, so to speak. Verse seventeen. Any comments of this? I know this sounds this. You, I bet you've never heard anything like this coming. You're, you're thinking probably around only a hillbilly, Harold. Only a hillbilly would concoct something like that. But as we ask ourselves reasonable questions looking at the world today, what else would make these men hate and hate? It's another, let's just get, it's another nation state. It's not some, you know, far out fuzzy entity. It's not the Catholic Church. It's another nation state. What would make them hate her that badly? Well, if they start messing with her schemes to control the world. And that is their scheme. Final iron fist control the world. That is their scheme, and they're going to do it through money. Any comment before we go on? You're all what? Selmer <laughs> said, help. All right, verse 17. For God hath put it in their hearts to fulfill his will. Well, what was his will? In verse 1. Most of our translation says that judgment had been passed, and we looked up that word, it was a Greek word, krema, 
And it means what? Sentence. Like a sentence from what? From a tribunal. Divine sentence. Yeah. Yahweh God, God Almighty, has said guilty. Punishment. That's what, that's, that's the picture. It's not like, you know, she was chewing too much chewing gum in the sanctuary or talking in the choir loft when they shouldn't have been, that kind of judgment. Or, you know, these other churchy ideas we get. But it is a divine sentence from God Himself. That's what, that's what it's referring to. It says, for God had, and so, God let, you know, He uses men, He, He uses, you know, men to bring judgment on other men. So what is He, what happens? For God has put it in their heart to fulfill His will. His will is to bring judgment on Babylon. And to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast. That, that entity, that end times entity is described as a scarlet beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Wow, pretty serious, isn't it? This verse is simply reiterating verse 1 of chapter 17. The sentence passed upon the stay on Babylon is a divine sentence. Yahweh God himself allows the great destruction to come because of her sins slash criminal activity. We're going to get into Revelation chapter 18 where it describes her sin. Most of our translation says that her sins are piled up to heaven. The, the real word there is crime. Her crimes are piled up to heaven. She's, she's doing. The other kings are too, because they're all in, involved in fornication together. They're all committing the same thing, but she's like the leader of the pack. She's the big baby. So that that's that's the 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 picture that we get. So she's into these criminal activities. So to summarize that very quickly, we could say the sentence is from God Almighty, and it's sure to occur. You you couldn't you couldn't summarize that verse in a better a better fashion. It's going to come. Well, here we go. Hope you're ready for this one now. This this is where it starts to really get good, and we're going to stop this verse here. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. The word great is the Greek word me, Greek word megas, and city is the Greek word polis. And if you put those two together and say them correctly in Greek, it's megalopolis. You know, like, uh, what was that city that, uh, uh, Clark Kent was the editor of the newspaper? What was it called? Gotham, the great metropolis. Gotham. Yeah, Gotham, the great metropolis. Metropolis. So the, the Greek word here is megalopolis and it means nation. State, but by our Western translations, we keep reading this word "city, city, city," and we go looking for a city setting on seven hills somewhere, and that's not the description that's given us. It means nation state. That's what it actually. That's the literal meaning. Note the word "is." We just, we just. Let me back up. <clears throat> it says the woman which thou sawest, the the prostitute, if you please, or that one that that's committing fornication with the kings of the earth is that great city or nation state which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Well, we've got, to, we've got to do two real quick discoveries, and we'll be through for today. Um, the next time, uh, next time we get into Babylon, we're going, to, we're going to start bringing in lots of other verses, lots of other factors, and we're going to start looking at this thing under the light of material evidence that we can gather to, to show 
the threats that, that Babylon faces. Okay, the word is is that word it connects. That word is connotes an equal sign. It simply says she is the great city. So there's no doubt about the the the, the prostitute, the woman sitting on the uh, seven mountains, the, the woman that's sitting on the beast, the woman that's sitting on many waters is the great city. He's, he's making that very clear now. We're getting out of the cryptic language and we're getting much more descriptive. Now verse 18 then becomes the verse that links chapter 17 and 18 together. Why? Until now the woman is not linked to anything. Is she? Just We've been given this cryptic picture, this beast and this woman. What is this stuff? We've been given a few clues. Uh, verse 18 does make the first link between her and chapter 18. Then goes on to describe her as a city-state nation. Repeatedly we see characters traits that describe more than just a city. Rather, we see it described as a nation with deep water ports. And it's a huge import nation. And it made all the kings of the earth rich because of its sumptuous lifestyle and pleasure that it loves and things like that. Okay. Let's get back to the verse. And it says here, which reigneth reigneth over the kings of the earth. Reigns over the king, not the working stiffs like us. We're just we're just little guy. We we ain't that much the kings of the earth, the rulers. How does it reign over the how does it how does this happen? How how is it that some that you could set policy how could you set policy for Mexico, or how could you set policy for Venezuela, or how could you set policy for Canada, or how could you set policy for whatever? How could you do that? Okay, I want you. This is where your homework comes in. I'm, I'm going to give you all some homework. I'm sorry. I don't. We, we're going to we're going to remedy the the problem. If you haven't already received, if I haven't already given you some information. In MP3 format about cappers, okay, we're going to have ready real soon in CD format where you can just stick them into your old CD player and listen to it. It's the information on cappers, C-A-F-R-S. And it will plainly show you how that there is a nation on earth that reigns over the kings of the earth by investment. By investment. That's how it does. If you own, if you own over 50% of the of the wealth of a nation or the stock of a corporation, if you please, you, you tell them what to do, can't you? You just own 50 and a half percent, 51 percent is all you need. So this verse is telling us somebody reigns over the kings of the earth. And we're going to, if you'll, if, if you'll just, I'm sorry, I don't have them, we don't have them ready. I, I've, I've been slack, real slack on getting it in, get, cause Jeremy asked for it, asked me for it several days ago and I haven't got it to him yet, but, uh, uh, as soon as he gets it into a format that our CD players will play, I'll make copies for everybody that wants But you need to understand what these is. Why? Why? Well, men and women, if we're Babylon, and we are, if America is Babylon, and the judgment comes that's prophesied to come, then there's going to be lots of people all around us asking, God, why did this happen to us? You didn't say this was going to happen to us, and he's been saying to us for centuries, yeah, judgment. 
and they're going to need our help and our explanation. It's important for us to understand why judgment came. We're going we're to get into that a little bit deeper in chapter 18. And when you get a grip on these Kaffirs, you'll understand. You'll understand why it's coming. And I hate to say this, men and women, but many of our retirements are tied up in stuff that's leading to other people's misery and death. And that's why God's going to bring it all to an end. He, with, that kind of stuff isn't going to go on in the kingdom. That kind of stuff isn't going to go on when he's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's going to, he's going to stop it real quick. So we need to understand these things. And when it comes, we'll know that there's hope on the other side. It's going to be bad going through it. I understand that. We're going to do without a lot of things. We're going to get hungry. We're going to get cold. We're going to, we're going to be exposed. But Yahweh God's just bringing this stuff down. When you see the evil of it, when you see the power of it, the, the influence and the sway it has over people, then you'll be able to understand and help those who don't want to hear it right now. As Gary's been pointing out in, in the book of Acts, the pattern that's laid down that a lot of folk don't want to hear this. They're still counting on getting raptured out. Well, when we saw in the book of uh, Daniel a while ago, when the saints were given to his power, they didn't get raptured out. Well, what happened? We know that the rapture, there is going to be a rapture, but it ain't when everybody thinks. They've got some verses way out of place. So I beg you, if you haven't, if you have MP3 format, or you can listen to MP3 format, get with me. I don't have any with me tonight, I'm sorry. I'll get you to the website where you can listen to it yourself, and, and by next weekend we hope to have uh, available the CDs that will play in your CD player about CAFR, CA Comprehensive Annual Financial Reports. Sounds boring, I'm sorry, but it's not boring. When you listen to it, you'll understand the size, and you'll understand how Babylon reigns, just like this verse says, reigns or rules or sets policy or precedent over the kings, not the working stiffs, not the little guys like you and I, but the kings, yeah, the earth. That's how it happens. Messianic Radio for a spiritually hungry world. Speak to the rock. Get answers for your life. Find out what's missing in your Bible and why. Solace Radio, changing lives one heart at a time.